Welcome to the ATG Podcast. I'm Julie Davies, your host, and every week I will be sharing with you love, hope, and faith to bring comfort and healing to those who are suffering. In season one, we're going to be talking all about marriage, and in our Marriage Matters series, we will offer you connection, community, and comfort. We will teach you biblical principles of marriage, offer insights, wisdom, practical tools, and we'll also be interviewing some amazing guests that I'm so excited for you to hear from their powerful stories that will bring inspiration from their own marriages. So I pray that you would be blessed by this podcast and that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Last week on the ATG podcast, as we continue our Marriage Matters series, we heard from Gerard and Jeannie Long as they continued to teach us biblical principles and foundations for marriage and more ways to triumph in our marriages in whatever season we're in. And they were looking at biblically what does what is love. Um, and we started out in part one talking about Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the first part of that passage, and they reminded us and, and taught us that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful or proud. Love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. And I love that Gerard and Jeannie continue to remind us that their teachings are not about their opinions or what they think love is or what the world tells us love is, but this is what God says love is, what the Bible says love is. That is where uh, we want you to get your teaching on um, the true meaning of love. And they talked about Romans 12 too last week to remind us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we have to remember that what the world says love is, is many times very different um, than what God says love is. And so I know many of us can get a distorted view of love in all types of relationships, and um, especially in romantic relationships and relationships with a spouse. And so I love that Gerard and Jeannie um, jumped right into one of my favorite passages. Again, we talked about 1 Corinthians 13, just the first part. uh, four, I think it was at four and five, where it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. And again, I love that they continued to remind us of practical ways of how we can live that out, um, that passage out in our marriage and, um, and showing the difference about that passage shows us what love is and also reminds us what love isn't. And so I'm excited for this week as Gerard and Jeannie Long continue talking about what love is in part two. Uh, during this episode, they're going to go um, more into the continued uh, piece of that uh, that we haven't broken down yet in 1 Corinthians 13. And they're also going to go even deeper into more scriptures that really remind us um, that without God, um, we would not be able to love um, like Jesus loves us, um, to love our spouse that way, and and to remember to continue um, to believe him and trust him and trust his promises so that we can have that truth in our heart and believe it and know it to give it um, out um, onto our spouse or to others in our lives. So I hope you enjoy this episode. 
We're continuing on the subject of what is love. And we're looking at scripture. It is not, again, this is not based on our opinions. This is based on what God says love is. Mm. And we remember that this is all about letting the world know, letting people know what God's love looks like. And there's no better way to model that than in a marriage. And so this week, we're going to look at four more characteristics of love. Uh, it comes from 1 Corinthians 13 and verse, verses 4 to 8. And we're, look, we're starting this week that says that it says that love is not irritable. Now, irritability means that you're easily annoyed or easily angered. And when someone is irritable, it means that those people who are around them, uh, it causes a bit of a, a difficult atmosphere. It's as though you're walking on eggshells. Maybe you remember, maybe at work or maybe in your home, you, you know what it's like to be walking around someone who is easily angered and can easily go fly off the handle, as we say. That's not, that's not love. That's not creating an atmosphere of warmth and relaxation and peace. You don't want that in your marriage. You don't want that in your home at all. And irritability comes from our attitude. Attitude is something that we control ourselves. It's something that we're in control of, and it's a decision. When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me uh, daily, I think that's one of the things he was talking about, is your attitude is your responsibility when you get up in the morning. It shouldn't be something that we'd say, well, I'll see what the weather's like, whether I'm going to be in a good mood or not, or I'll see how I'm feeling or how, what other people are doing. No, when we love Jesus, we have a positive attitude because it brings glory to his name. We wake up with a heart that says, you know what, I want to bless people today. I want to have words are kind today. I want to be patient with people today. That's having a right attitude. And that means you're not going to be irritable. You're going to be giving out and you're not going to be tense and you're not going to be flying off the handle. Now, having said all that, um, we go through seasons in our lives and sometimes it's not always easy. No, um, if I don't get enough sleep, um, I can be irritable. And um, early on in marriage, it was wonderful, delightful, um, that I find this, found the scripture, um, 1 Timothy 4, 7, 7. And it says, train yourself to yeah. be godly. Mm. Now, having been a dancer, a ballerina, I know all about training. And I know how hard that can be. And um, marriage can be tricky and hard at times, especially when we're, well, for me, I'll talk for myself. I don't think Gerald ever gets irritable. He springs out of bed with the joy and is ready to go, but I'm not necessarily um, like that. So um, I think it's wonderful that it's a partnership. Yes. And that we can um, choose to focus on God's Word yeah. and just meditate. On yeah. That and then take that into the day. Yes. And hopefully, I lose that irritable. Yeah. Well, like we were saying, Jean, you were saying just earlier on how important it is that we communicate all the time and let each other know how we're feeling because sometimes we, we, we are a bit stressed or maybe it's the wrong time of the month or maybe we're feeling a bit unwell. In those times, we have to, we have to lay our lives down a bit more. It's hard not to be irritable because you're, you're feeling grotty inside. And so we say, don't we, we sometimes we will, I'll say, Jean, I'm struggling with this or I'm going through that. And then it says carry each other's burdens. And so in that way then, we share it. We, yeah. we know how each other are feeling. And what's, what's so lovely to me in that, um, it, well, actually, although you've been through um, you know, a moment of irritability between each other or something like that, yes. 
um, actually it's bonding you deeper. And I think to me that's very, very yeah. special. Yes. So the second characteristic we're going to look at today is that love keeps no record of wrongs. And again, this is showing what God's love is like because it says that as far as the East is from the West, he's removed our sins from us. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, through Jesus' shed blood on the cross, we, we receive forgiveness. And God doesn't remember those sins. He doesn't say, oh, I'm going to remind you of those next time you do something wrong. He says, no, I'm taking those right out of the way. So there's nothing in the way of our relationship. And that's how we should be with one another. That, that uh, yeah, we're going to hurt each other from time to time. It's inevitable. But I think it's part natural. It's, yeah. If you think you're going into a marriage and you're never going to say a wrong word, or as I said, I you know, can be irritable if I have lack of sleep. And I think especially uh, you know, when children come along, yeah. you know, yeah. no sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. I really had to dig deep there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we shouldn't keep any record of wrongs Especially when, you know, I'm going to harbour that. Next time we have an argument, I'm going to bring it up and remind you of it. No, no, that's not love. Love is, okay, I forgive, forget, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. And that's, uh, that's, that's love. And I um, always think, God, God, it's just so wonderful to have the Bible. Yes. As our, you know, like this recorded strand, like the, the God's Word, and that we can um, always work it through with, with God's love. Yeah. There's a, there's a scripture that says, if the Son will set you free, you'll be free indeed. And I think that's one of the things of, of when you hold no record of wrongs is, I'm letting you free. I'm not going to hold that against you. It's a lovely way of doing it. So the third characteristics uh, that we look at this week is love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. And this is, this is something that really is at the heart, God's heart, is that he hates sin. We, the Bible calls it sin. It's basically missing the mark, doing things that hurt God hurt ourselves and importantly hurt other people. Um, love doesn't want to do anything that's wrong. Love, love hates those things. It talks about being alert because the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for to devour someone. Satan is out to try and get us to do things that are wrong and we need to hate it. We need to hate sin and hate things that are going to get, be in our way. And to see that. To see it, yeah, yeah. Against each other. Yeah. Reminding ourselves that we're in a spiritual battle. So it's important to keep a sensitive heart because God's given us a conscience and he's given us the Holy Spirit. So if we're starting to stray off, we should be sensitive to our conscience. Maybe for men, men are very vulnerable with the visuals and it's very easy to watch a, a, a wrong thing on television or to stray into pornography or, or something like that. We need to be sensitive to that, to even to those thoughts coming in that we can say, no, that's not right. And one of the great things that God's given us as the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control, is the ability to say no, I'm, I'm not going to do wrong. And, and um, so it's important that, that sensitivity to the conscience, isn't it? Yeah. The Bible actually says that sometimes we can sear our conscience because if you repeatedly go against what God's saying don't do, then you actually sear your conscience and then that you're in a very serious state if that happens as well. So... Uh, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So uh, keep that sensitive heart, exercise self-control. And then the fourth area we'll look at today is that re love rejoices with the truth. Rejoices with the truth. That's the other side of the one we just looked at really. Love should really rejoice when God's ways are lifted up, when we see his characteristics. Um, we want to see him exalted 
And when you see that, like we, that's just why we're doing this video, isn't it? Is that our heart, our joy is that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. That people would see his beauty, his love. No better way to show it than in, in a marriage. Yes. So it's, it's great. So um, these, are, these are wonderful things that we can look at. And this is how we, we need to um, fill our hearts. I think this is the other way we say before about being on the offense instead of the defense, when we fill our hearts with lovely things and pure things, rejoicing in the truth, um, it keeps our heart in a right place with God and it keeps our marriage in a right atmosphere of celebration and thanksgiving and gratitude. All of those things Absolutely. are so, so wonderful. Because so, everything you go through together, you know, if the other one's suffering, you're, you're, you're seen as one before God. Yes. I think people go off into their... Inter I, I'm talking about myself when I talk. When we were first married, I would maybe go off thinking this is just me. But no, as you, as you grow together, actually it, it really affects Gerard as well. Yeah. Or your family. So um, yes, yeah. it's, it's wonderful to, to keep growing together. Yeah. It's a high calling as a follower of Jesus Christ. We're called to be his ambassadors to reveal to a broken and lost world what God's love looks like so that they can come to know Jesus Christ and be rescued for eternity. And there's no better way to show God's love than in a marriage. And so the first item we look at today is that the Bible says, love bears all things. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we're willing to cover over those things that hurt us from time to time. Last week you spoke about not being irritable, and, and being able to have a right attitude. But we said that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we do do things that are going to upset one another. And we need to have a love flowing that bears all things, that's willing to cover over those times when our spouse does something that hurts us. Sometimes you need to say something. Of course you do. And you need to talk about it and say, actually, what you did has hurt me, and can we just talk and pray about it? But, you know, a lot of the time you can cover things over. Maybe you've been annoyed by what your spouse has done. There's something going on. You don't have to make a big thing about it. Just cover it over. And love covers over. There's a great, I want to just read out, if I may, something from uh, Charles Spurgeon. He was a brilliant um, preacher, a British preacher, actually, at the end of the 19th century. And he said this. He said, I would, my brothers and sisters, that we could all imitate the pearl oyster. A hurtful particle intrudes itself into its shell, and this vexes and grieves it. It cannot eject the evil, and what does it do but cover it with a precious substance excreted out of its own life, by which it turns the intruder into a pearl. Oh, that we could do so with the provocations we receive from our fellow Christians, so that the pearls of patience, gentleness, long-suffering and forgiveness might be bred within us by that which has harmed us. Isn't that beautiful? And so I, I just, you know, so often uh, in life we, we take umbrage, we take offence, but actually it's better to cover things over very often and, and just love, love people. And you know what I, I find, I think what we find in our marriage is that through one another, God is moulding us, changing us into the likeness of Jesus. And we may need more patience, we may need to do those things. God works it through in our marriage to bring more of Jesus out. So it's a beautiful how he does that. Thank you for the pearl. Yeah, well, I know you like pearls, don't I think we can, we can once. Real pearls. Yeah, once. we like those. So it's 
Okay. So the next one we look at is love believes all things. Um, and that doesn't, doesn't mean you believe a lie, but it means you're going to believe the best about people and not listen to those little foxes we talked about before, those little thoughts that Satan throws in, it's particularly to do with your spouse. Uh, lies that he throws in, that, oh, my spouse doesn't love me anymore, or my spouse is being, doing this or that, directly against me. You're going to believe the best. You're going to believe the best for, for this particular uh, situation or whatever's going on. So it's important that we, we hold that and we capture those little foxes. We put the shield of faith up and say, no, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe the best about this person. The next item is love is always hopeful. Now, hope goes hand in hand with faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. And when you look at the scriptures, we can see that so many instances where God shows that he works in certain ways, so many things in scripture shows that God works even through the hard times in our lives. We, we have great encouragement from Joseph, for example, who had terrible things happen to him, but God then promoted him from the jail to be prime minister. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? And so hope should be ever alive in your marriage. You're hoping for better things. God always wants us to look for the better things he's got for us. He's the God of the how much more. And of course, the greatest hope, and we talk about because of what we've been through, is the hope of, of eternity. And when you have an eternal perspective, it changes everything. Obviously for us, for two of our three children who have gone ahead of us to heaven, um, we, we, we do have a great vision, a great hope for what's ahead. First to see Jesus, of course, but then we're going to see Rebecca and Alex again, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. And, and other of our loved ones. And, and that's a great hope. It's a hope for a, for a, for a heaven, a, t a place with God where there's no more pain or suffering or death uh, or grieving. Um, great, great hope ahead. And that should be ever alive in our lives. The, th the fourth item we're going to look at this week is that love always perseveres. Always perseveres. Um, we, we saw the film the other day, The Darkest Hours, with Winston Churchill, didn't we? And it came, Absolutely amazing. It came home to us, didn't it, how well, those were very dark hours. And so, so many people in Parliament were saying, oh, you should surrender to Hitler, don't keep going. Everything looked really black and... And he did. And we believe that actually he was raised up by God for such a time as that. Mm. And he has a great saying. He says, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Mm. And that's how God is with us. If God's for us, then he's going to see us come through. And so whatever you may be going through in your marriage, maybe you thought of giving up. Maybe you've, maybe you've had some bad advice. People say, oh, you need to get divorced or whatever. This is never going to change. Don't believe that. Believe God that says, you know what? God makes a way when there seems like no way. If God can take us through the darkest of dark hours in the midst of unbelievable grief and suffering and the close breakup of our marriage, God held us together with his word and with his love and his grace. If God can get us through, he can get anyone through. Trust me on that, it's true, isn't it? And so the last thing linked to that is that God, God, uh, love never fails. Yes, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Uh, tells us that love never fails. And again, um, when I found that scripture, I loved it so much that I found a beautiful glass uh, little plaque and I had it on my mantelpiece and I, and I loved it. Um, and I, and I would, uh, just lived, lived in that, that world mm. until our world fell apart mm. and I couldn't find love. Yeah. And I put that 
that plaque away because it wasn't true at that time. Um, but what's so, so beautiful is that, um, as Jared has mentioned, he went to that throne room of grace and God poured in that love again. And um, today, we are proof mm. that God's love Yes, that's right, we are. That's not fair. No. Because you see, I made God in that little tiny plaque. I put him away. But God is bigger than that. Yeah. And I just give him the glory that we can give him such praise yes. for what he's done in our marriage, that his love does not fail. Does not fail. Never fails. Never fails. Never fails. No, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, darling. So we, we do want to encourage you, in, as we come to the end of this, these uh, topics on what love is, uh, specifically, that uh, we, can all, we can all model, uh, we can all show the world in our marriages. That's our heart, isn't it? Is that marriages, Christian marriages will go up several levels that people might look at a Christian marriage and say, well, I'm not sure what they're talking about in, in, in what they're saying, but I can see from their marriage that they have great love. Yeah. And I think that gives us permission then to tell them about Jesus in a wonderful way. Mm. So it's, it's, it's having the reality. You know, we can have so much on the outside, portraying an image, doing this and doing that in the church. But, but if we haven't got love in our homes, which God sees and the angels see, then really we haven't got anything. That's what the Apostle Paul says. You can have the great words of knowledge, healings and everything else, but if we haven't got love, we've got nothing. And so this is why it's, these are so important that we, we show our love for Jesus by how we love our spouse. I love this teaching on what is love. Uh, I love 1 Corinthians 13, and I love how Gerard and Jeannie Long broke down every um, specific piece of what that verse is saying, what love is and what it isn't. And I love that uh, we continued in verse 5 all the way to verse 8, and how they reminded us that love is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And I love at the beginning when they were talking about love not being irritable and how Jeannie talked about how if she doesn't get enough sleep, she can get irritable. And I completely relate to that. So I don't know if any of you listening relate to that, but I know there are specific things in my life that I have to do to keep not only my body healthy, but my mind healthy um, and my spirit healthy in that right place with, um, with God and knowing what I need so that I don't wake up in that irritable place. Because if I don't get enough sleep, yeah, it, I can be more uh, tempted to be irritable. I can wake up. And sometimes it takes me a while to wake up. Um, I don't wake up just ready, jumping out of bed um, like some people. I wish I had that gift, um, but that is an area. But but I'm aware of what some of my triggers are and what some of my struggles of what causes irritability. So maybe it's different for you. Um, think about what are some things that might cause you to be more irritable. You know, I know that my husband, like if he, he gets the whole hangry thing when, you know, more like irritable if he hasn't eaten for a while or things like that. It's, sometimes it's just the basics. Sometimes we forget to do just our basic needs of enough sleep and healthy food and water and sometimes Sometimes we think 
we can go without those things. And uh, unfortunately, that can, you know, make our health our health decline, but it can also make us not be in the right mindset to be able to love the way that God um, calls us to love and commands us to love. And so, again, it's just knowing, knowing kind of our weaknesses and struggles, but also asking God um, to help us in those areas. And I love that they, uh, Gerard talked about reminding us how much um, God hates sin and how he hates, um, you know, he, uh, he hates that the way that, you know, it basically sin, you know, misses the mark as Gerard says, and it can hurt us. It hurts other people. And he doesn't want that for us. And he doesn't want that. And so I know in my life, I remember before I uh, started following Jesus, before I fully surrendered my life to him, there was a part of me that uh, had a more rebellious, disobedient spirit, if I'm honest, in my flesh. And so there were things in my life where I can say that I think uh, the, the flesh in me that loved the sin. And I know that one of my big transformations when the Holy Spirit came in me, uh, when I was born again and, and, um, believed in Jesus and gave my life to him. One of the biggest changes in my heart that I noticed is that I no longer loved sin. I hated the sin. I hated the things that God hated. And so it didn't mean that I wouldn't sin. It didn't mean that I would never be irritable or I would never keep a record of wrong in my marriage. But I no longer desired to do those things. I, I no longer wanted um, to do the things that God hated. I hated the things that he hated. And I know that that is a big thing in my heart is that even when I struggle, even when I have days where I might be irritable or I might not be living up to first Corinthians and I feel like I need a lot of grace in certain areas, uh, that I know that my heart is longing, uh, for God to make it right. And I love that Jeannie reminded us of 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly. And I know that the things that I need to do to continue to train myself and equip myself by being in the word daily um, so that I will turn away from those things um, and to continue to have a repentant heart and a humble heart to say, hey, God, I'm still Oh, I'm still waking up irritable. Uh, God, help me to change my heart. And um, you know that passage they talked about where it says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's the thing of resisting those temptations, resisting him and fleeing and saying, no, I no longer want to live like that. I no longer uh, want to um, hurt my husband in that way. I no longer want to keep record of wrongs. I want um, to rejoice in the truth, and I want to be hopeful and believe, and and you know, and those things. And and going back to that passage, I again, this passage sometimes we skip over because we've heard it so much at weddings. But I encourage you to really dive deep in, in just rereading and rereading it and meditating on it. I need first Corinthians 13 literally every day to remind me of what love is and what love isn't. Because, you know, I don't know for some of you listening that grew up, um, you know, I grew up with a distorted view of love of just, you know, watching the, the movies or the Disney movies or just the, the, the romantic love of my idea of love. Um, you know, some things, might have been truthful of what I learned of love, but some of it was mixed in with some of culture and the world and the things that uh, were more more self-focused, more about 
you know, uh, just a feeling instead of, uh, you know, a choice and a commitment and a covenant, uh, as God talks about. And so I know for me, it's so important for me to remember when sometimes when we're irritable or frustrated in our relationships, it's because we're, we're wanting to receive or give love out of a very distorted false view of love. And it's good to be reminded, no, wait a minute. Okay. When I am believing what God's word says about love and I'm choosing uh, to follow that out and to ask God's help to help me to be obedient to that. That is when peace comes. That is when joy comes in all relationships, but especially my marriage. And, you know, there are times where Mark and I both have had to have days where we're like, man, you know, I'm so sorry. I wasn't loving you very well today. And I need to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Again, it's it's not a one-time thing. Sometimes it's a regular ongoing thing, but just to be able to have God search our heart and show us the areas where um, we need work on still, where areas where we're needing to be refined or growing in, or just those areas that we get convicted of, of saying, hey, you know what? Like I say, I want to love like this. And I say, I believe this scripture, but you know, some of my actions aren't matching up with my words. And again, it's not about perfection and performance, but it's about, um, out of that love relationship, out of doing the spirit, the disciplines daily of uh, staying connected to Jesus and staying connected and hopeful in his word and his truth and what he says, um, and not our own opinions. Um, it's easy to, to want to follow sometimes our own thoughts, our own emotions and feelings, but those can lie to us. Right. And, and, uh, you know, they were talking about first Peter five, eight, another one of my favorites where it says, be sober minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And sometimes he's very deceptive. Like we talked about, uh, in the last episode of he can sneak in many times through our own thoughts and our own feelings and our own mind and many times through our own knowledge and opinion. And sometimes that gets, you know, mixed in with what the enemy wants us to believe, which can cause hurt and harm to ourselves, to others, to our relationships, to our marriage, because we stop listening to God's word and his voice and his truth and what he's saying. And we start, you know, slowly maybe listening to the enemy. And I know in the season, uh, in my marriage, when Mark and I were, uh, in a dark place and had a, a really hard time, uh, and we had lost hope for a little bit and, and at times wanted to give up. Uh, I know that we definitely, I definitely felt, uh, that roaring lion looking to devour. I did feel like he was trying to destroy our marriage. And I'm thankful that we stayed strong in fighting against that. Not again, not through our own might or strength or our own pride, but through, um, through kind of giving up and saying, okay, I surrender God. I, we need help. We need help in our marriage and we need to get back on track. And we've, uh, we've missed the mark <laughs> and, uh, we've made some mistakes and, uh, yeah, some of that was our own sin and some of that was situational, but, uh, the good news is, uh, that, uh, we kept going and we kept, we hung on to like a, just a little bit. If you're in that place of wanting to give up in something in your life or give up in your relationships, uh, just to hold on to that mustard seed of faith, just a little bit of hope. And I love that 
Gerard ended with talking about, you know, that God makes a way when there seems like no way. And so I just want to end with that. Just encourage you that God does make a way when there doesn't seem like there is, that he can do the impossible. When things seem impossible, God can do it. It's possible with him, even when it doesn't feel humanly possible. Uh, even when it seems like, uh, uh, a relationship is dead or broken or, or not possible to resurrect, that he, he, Jesus, has the power to resurrect our relationships from the dead, to bring life back in, to breathe life, um, to bring joy and hope and love and know that love never fails. And remember, again, like we always say, it's God, God is love. Love is a person. And so when we say love never fails, it's God never fails. And he never fails you and he never fails me and he never fails um, us in in even um, the hardest situation. So I encourage you with that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm excited for our next episode. I'm going to be having Annette, another uh, Marriage Matters uh, guest couple on that I'll be interviewing. And we'll just be learning and from them and inspiring, um, being inspired by their story. And uh, I can't wait for that. So anyways, I hope everyone has a great week and we will, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be on again next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ATG podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. And remember, you can always find more helpful resources at our website, awakeningtogod.org. We'd also love to invite you to our Marriage Matters Zoom group, which goes even deeper, offering more connection, community, and comfort. You can email me for more details and the link to the group at julie at awakeningtogod.org. And as always, I am so grateful for you listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a blessed day.